Imagine a tomorrow powered by innovation, bringing the world together through real conversations about world-changing ideas, expert discussions with no boundaries. Coming up. Not every metaverse approach is the same. And there is the challenge. Yeah, It's not like there's one definition and that's it. Yeah, And there are many, many different ways of how you can see it. And um, that's why it's relevant to definitely talk about it now. But use the the technologies behind the metaverse and understand them in the better way i think this will this will help companies a lot in, in being successful with the industrial metaverse this is the real conversations podcast by nokia here is michael hainsworth the consumer metaverse gets a lot of the headlines these days but applications and technologies powering the enterprise and industrial metaverse are doing the heavy lifting when it comes to realizing the fourth industrial revolution so what are those metaverse use cases? Hololight is building on existing technologies to bring us something powerful, an immersive streaming platform that likes to call itself the Netflix for XR apps. I began by asking co-founder Luis Bollinger to tell us how he defines the metaverse. Yeah, Michael, it's a good question. Um, I think our definition is more or less driven by what we see on the market and what we what we hear when we talk to, to the enterprise companies we talk to. And um, for us, it's uh, the metaverse itself is like a digital space in which uh, human beings can um, interact uh, with each other. Uh, they can interact with the digital world or with uh, just uh, the digital objects. And for us, it's not just a virtual reality a topic. It's also um, the combination of the real and the virtual uh, world. So it's also about the interaction with physical objects in combination and um, so it's a combination. It's using AR and VR in, in a just more advanced way. While virtual reality does get a lot of the attention in the extended reality universe, the metaverse, 90% of that industry spending, though, is expected to be on augmented reality. Does that jibe with your view? Yes. Yeah, so what we see is um, we see both technologies have uh, their own use cases. And it's really a question of the use case, which technology fits better. Um, it's uh, more natural that uh, VR is um, just um, used on a broader range because um, it's longer in the market. People have um, more experience with it. The price point is different. It's cheaper uh, to work with this technology. So it's easier to, to, to roll it out from a, from a cost perspective. But um, the AI use cases are, have, a, have a huge potential. Yeah? And I think the potential is even greater here. And this is what we, what we see also when we talk to, to companies. The consumer metaverse is the one that seems to be grabbing the headlines right now. How much bigger do you see the industrial and the enterprise metaverse being over the consumer one where we're going to be playing games and watching, you know, uh, bands perform virtually and things like that? Yes. Uh, so the consumer metaverse is definitely something I, I'd like to, to, to dive deeper into. Yeah, But uh, I would say today um, the reality is that, um, yeah, companies are driving augmented and virtual reality use cases. They are heavily investing in these technologies. Um, they have use cases and they have also um, yeah, really critical use cases where um, on the consumer side, we are maybe still still missing this, um, this uh, killer use cases yeah, that really, really drive the technology and, and help um, people to adopt it. Um, so the industrial metaverse is um, is here today also. It's it's close. We are closer to it. Yeah, the technologies um, that we have at the are are basically um, yeah the the combination of these technologies. They are able to form the industrial metaverse, and I think consumer metaverse is something which will evolve in parallel. But it will probably take a bit more time until we really 
really see the, the consumers out there in the metaverse. That's an interesting point. You know, Meta just recently announced a new virtual reality headset that's fifteen hundred U.S. dollars, and the the argument seemed to be that this was more about a professional work environment as opposed as opposed to playing video games. It's, it's a harder sell in, in the metaverse if it's all about playing video games, but if you can actually get something done in it, that might be an easier sell. Yes, I mean over the last years we. Uh, um, the Quest 2 device got very positive feedback in terms of comfort, in terms of quality. Um, but uh, yeah, Facebook and, and now Meta always had the issue that um, their technology was not meant to be used for, for enterprises because you needed a Facebook account, for example, to log in and such things. And they um, improved these things over the last uh, months. Yeah, they really wanted to, to make a, a change in the strategy. And I think this new device, uh, in combination with the infrastructure they provide, will now um, really be an option for, for enterprises in the future. And uh, so we are really looking forward to, to use uh, this device also on the VR side. How would you define the industrial metaverse versus the enterprise metaverse? Uh, honestly speaking, we don't really differentiate so much between uh, these um, these two terms because um, we think it's anyway a bit difficult for people to really understand what the metaverse is. Yeah, um, And our intention is to simplify things. Um, and not make it more too complicated. But uh, if I would have to, um, to to see a difference there, then I would definitely say that on the industrial side, we really focus on these highly industrial companies from the automotive sector, mechanical engineering, maybe aerospace. And uh, these companies have very often use cases that uh, they use or they use the technology internally yeah, to maybe train their people to do, enge- do engineering on their products. While, while the enterprise metaverse is maybe a bit more open, maybe including uh, suppliers and, and customers uh, a, bit, a bit more than the industrial metaverse in the beginning. Um, so here's where I would maybe differentiate a bit, but I can imagine that these two things, they, they are more or less the same and it's probably hard for people to, to, to see a difference. Yeah, it sort of strikes me that the enterprise metaverse is more about connecting people, whereas the industrial metaverse is more about taking what you're currently doing to a whole new level. Collaboration is is anyway uh, one of the, the key factors of the metaverse, yeah, um, because we want to connect um, people with each other, and uh, I think the metaverse provides the infrastructure for that. So it's 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 a key of maybe all terms of metaverse. But I I agree with what you say, and uh, the, the enterprise metaverse maybe. Um, pushes this in a much, much um, broader and larger way. Well, let's talk about some of those use cases. In your work with BMW on augmented reality for manufacturing, how much does AR reduce product development time to market? Yes, uh, this is really um, a great use case, and I think it uh, clearly shows the value of the of the technology. Uh, BMW are obviously cars are not very. Um, yeah, they are not very easy. Yeah? They are very complex. Yeah? They consist of many different parts. And so the development process takes a, a lot of time and they are producing a lot of prototypes. Um, they have to make a lot of design decisions. And by using augmented reality to visualize prototypes at an early stage, to discuss them with, with colleagues, to, uh, to check assembly processes and all these things, they are able to make design decisions up to 12 months earlier than before. And uh, this is heavily influencing, obviously, um, the, the time to market side, especially in the automotive industry with all these these, these new players uh, uh, in the market like Tesla, for example. It's it's important for the, for the existing ones um, um, to really make sure that they can stay competitive. And it's also influencing the cost side because um, 
if you can uh, exchange a real physical prototype to a, a fully virtual one, at least for for some stages during the iteration uh, and during the different iterations in the in the design process, then you can save a lot of money because uh, I think everybody can imagine that a chassis, an engine, and all these things they are very uh, expensive. That's amazing because I know that it can take anywhere from seven to eight years uh, to develop a car from the idea in an engineer's head to something that's sitting on a, on a lot to be sold to the consumer. You shave a whole year off that development process. That must be an incredible cost savings. Yes, um, I mean, it's uh, one of the reasons why um, we are really able to um, to scale also the solution inside, uh, inside BMW. Um, I would say that what's important to mention uh, to mention is that obviously um, there are different uh, parts of the of the car, yeah. And um, in some areas you can save more time than in other areas, yeah. Um, but what's what's clear is that a virtual visualization, yeah, in in real size, yeah, with different opportunities to to really work on the model, um, is is uh, definitely uh, making things easier and and helps uh, people to make uh, design decisions with with more. Uh, confidence yeah and uh, also um, maybe uh, you avoid uh, really errors because you can see things just much better than on a 2d screen how is hololight working on a healthcare metaverse you've got a customer and hatch yes and hatch is a very cool company from the u.s uh, they are basically uh, translating uh, 2d uh, scans of uh, all kinds of the body all types of the body into uh, 3d objects and um, they want to help surgeons uh, in the end to um to uh, prepare better for surgeries and um, the, there is definitely a lack of surgeons. The number of um, surg- uh, surgeries is increasing um, and this is uh, basically a problem. So um, what they have is they have a training application to train uh, surgeons on how to um, how to improve things, make things faster or how to, uh, how to plan basically the surgery itself. And uh, they, they plan to have an, a, life, a life support in the end. Um, and uh, these two applications, they want to spread across the whole country, across the whole globe, and therefore they need the right infrastructure um, uh, for uh, the AR applications and the VR applications, which are connected to this. And so with the industrial metaverse approach here, we want to really bring all these different applications on a centralized platform uh, on the cloud and stream it to all kinds of users in the in the hospitals, for example, uh, so that they can um, access the data um, it's securely on uh, it, the data stays secure on the server side and it's easy for them to, it's, it's very simple to just dive into the experience and, and use it. Tell me about that infrastructure component to it, because there would be multiple ways in which you could develop a metaverse environment. One of them would be a dedicated app where everything is held on the device. But what Hololight is doing is, is more streaming oriented and cloud specific. Why go down that route? For us, the the answer is very simple. Um, the XR devices that we that we see in the market, they most of them are nowadays everyone every uh, every device is mobile. Um, so this means that also the performance of these devices is is limited. Yeah, you cannot visualize uh, data out of the box in high quality. So uh, companies from from for, like BMW, for example, if they want to visualize an engine. Uh, they cannot do that. They have to uh, prepare the data before they can visualize it. And with streaming, they don't have to do this. They can use data out of the box. It's the same with CT scans, with uh, building information, modeling data, with realistic game assets in the future, it's the same. So um, 
we add the performance component from the cloud and bring the performance to the XR devices so to improve the experiences overall. And furthermore, uh, as the data and the entire apps are on the server side, the, the data is more secure. It's not on the XR uh, device side. So uh, in case, for example, device gets lost, the data is still protected. And um, it's also the idea to centralize um, XR applications because I think every company uh, knows um, several uh, AR VR applications. They they live like island solutions in this whole in these big corporates, and um, this is not the way to scale uh, XR use cases. Um, I think uh, this this one platform approach with the street techno- technological streaming uh, background is really um, a perfect setup to scale XR use cases in the right way and to make sure that quality and and uh, simplicity of usage um, um, are given. I find an interesting metaphor is is the streaming industry, generally speaking. There were, at one time, there was just one. It was Netflix, and then there was an explosion of these types of, of streaming services. And it wasn't until a company like Apple came along and put all of those different streaming services on one single screen where you didn't have to worry about which app you were using and how you're going to get to it. Uh, suddenly, the consumer was more uh, willing to engage in streaming services. Yes, I mean, um, we are. I think uh, here at Hololight, we also use video on demand services, and um, we are absolutely familiar with the concept behind it. And uh, we wanted to think in a similar direction. Yeah, um, I think nobody today wants to buy uh, movies individually. Yeah, except you're like a really big fan. Um, but usually, you don't do this because you don't want to have the the storage on your computer. Yeah, you don't want to download it. It takes just too long. Yeah, and so uh, to to yeah, consume in that way is, is, is just um, much better and it's also more cost effective in the future yeah because uh, the subscriptions that you pay nowadays for for these things they are they are really low yeah compared to the the price of an of, of an individual movie that you buy it, that you bought in a store before and I think it's similar in the ARVR um, in environment because um, if, if apps are running on these on the cloud yeah, then uh, you don't need to to build up the infrastructure on your on your own side. You can go, and we have companies. They go with five G campuses. Yeah, they go with um, edge computing solutions. We have others that want to go with the cloud because they uh, rely on AWS, Azure, or Google. And um, I think this flexibility also for the enterprises is really really important to set up an infrastructure where they feel comfortable and where they really uh, believe that um, they they are able to to use this technology in the future. Your point about 5G and edge cloud is is well received because these are two technologies that go hand in hand with this kind of development, particularly as we expand the capabilities of the hardware, we want to offload the processing of AR, VR uh, into the cloud and the ultra low latency of 5G, I can imagine, is critical to success. It's definitely pushing uh, also our technology. Uh, we can use um, um, streaming technologies already today in, in 4G uh, infrastructures, for example. It's not like it would not work today, but if you if you think about um, it, it's all about having a real-time experience on your XR device. And the lower the latency, the higher the bandwidth, especially with an increasing number of users at the same time. Yeah? This uh, becomes uh, really uh, critical. And so um, the combination of 5G and, and, and our streaming technology, the industrial metaverse itself, it's it's just um, 
yeah, it's, there's no alternative. Yeah, it, I think in the future this 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 has to work together. Um, and the good thing is that we are collaborating obviously today with uh, companies uh, like like Nokia, like Telecom, uh, and these others. They they provide the infrastructure. We provide the software part and the platform part. And I think this is a is a good combination and is helping enterprises to to find a good infrastructure where can, they can put their solutions on. That's an interesting point about scale, the importance of being able to create this kind of content where hundreds, thousands of people can simultaneously be accessing it. Um, And it sort of makes me think more about the enterprise side of the equation. You know, Gartner Peer Insights reports that the most compelling use case for enterprise is training, the ability to have hundreds or thousands of people simultaneously learning how to use a thing or get onboarded within an organization. It seems to make the VR-based training certainly compelling. Yes, uh, I would say when we talk to companies and ask them, hey, what what use cases do you have? Uh, what 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 things really work? Yeah, where is acceptance from from the employees? And then training is uh, for sure number one, number two sometimes. Yeah, um, and the, there are reasons um, for that. Uh, VR devices. Um, most people are now familiar with the technology, with the with the hardware. Um, it's it's cheaper. Yeah, for around five hundred uh, euros or dollars, you get uh, you get a device. Um, and um, training is, is such a great use case because everybody um, who is new in something needs to learn something. And we are all learning a lot. Yeah? And this technology just makes it um, easier to, to learn. Yeah? It's, it's better than, than reading um, a PDF or than, than watching a video. It's experiencing things. It's, it's closer to reality, I think. And that's um, the reason why VR training is successful. And uh, but there's obviously the, uh, a need to to scale it in the right way because I know many companies they they actually at the moment thinking about how can we make sure that we that these thousands of users wherever they are in, in can really um, access these different trainings. Um, it's it's a it's a big challenge, yeah. And I think uh, the industrial metaverse um, as a as a concept overall uh, can really um, help to to uh, realize these things and make sure that it runs uh, smooth also. After this podcast, learn more about this and other insightful topics by going to nokia.com slash real conversations. There you'll find additional information linked to today's podcast. Meetings are the second most compelling use case for the metaverse. You know, in the old days, we used to complain that the meeting could have been an email. Today, we complain this Zoom call could have been an email. How do we ensure that a metaverse meeting is compelling enough to avoid the same complaint? I think it's always about using the the things in the right way. Um, it's good that we have one more option uh, in the future. Um, we also think that it's uh, that that VR um, is not replacing emails. Um, it's just another way of communicating with each other. Um, if you if we just think about team sessions or uh, Zoom sessions, yeah, they they make sense if you use it in the right way. If it's just uh, updating each other uh, with one or two sentences, I can do that in an email. Um, I know many Teams meetings uh, where, uh, I don't know, 20 people are joining, uh, three people are speaking. So I don't know whether this was the right medium to do it. But um, in the end, I think what what VR can do and what AR can do, it can uh, replace some some on-site meetings. I think it's just the fact that we will have more virtual meetings in the future. And um, therefore, we need this additional option to, to see each other, to really not just hear each other and see a face, yeah, but really see the interaction. And it's not about just um, the, the people interacting with each other, but 
interacting with additional content, yeah? And this content is not just always 2D, it's 3D, yeah? Um, and therefore, I think it's it's relevant to to have this opportunity. And um, yeah, we will see in the future how the how the split will be, yeah? How, how much of your day you will really uh, use which tool. And I'm really excited about that. What about the importance of standardizations? You, you say, you know, it'd be interesting to see what which tools people use even within um the 2d world you've got zoom you've got teams you've got facetime you've got all these different competing technologies that aren't running on the same standards how important do you see standardization to the path to the industrial metaverse yeah i think standardization makes things much easier because it's um it's a huge effort to to support um to to support uh, different xr devices um it's, um, I think, also about compatibility in the end. And I think this is something I, I want to highlight also um, and something that um, where we also at Hololight want to help because um, we, we've done many projects in the ARVR industry. And um, whenever someone asks, hey, can you bring this application also to another XR device? We were like, oh, okay, uh, yes, it might also be Unity-based, but we are using this SDK and maybe it doesn't run on the other device. And that's what we... Um, what we want to guarantee if someone is using our streaming is that he can bring one application to also different XR devices because um, the, the, there are the devices which fit better to a use case, um, but there are also sometimes different opportunities. Sometimes uh, you can stay at home and uh, use a VR device where someone else is on site and using AR glasses. And I think um, we just want to make it, we want to leave it up to the, to the user to decide which device um, he or she wants to use. And um, I think that's the same for, and I think this is a good example for the standardization. Yeah, the more companies work together and make sure that their technologies and, and devices are compatible, the, the easier it will be for the users in the end to, to make sure that they can set up a, a good infrastructure and um, yeah, that they are not so bounded to just, to just one uh, provider. Are we seeing progress on this front or are, is it still a wild west where everybody's trying to come up with the best way of doing something? No, I would definitely see that, um, say that um, we've improved there. Um, I mean, there are uh, forums where really the big corporates, the hardware providers are coming together. Um, I think just just yesterday I, I read news about um, Microsoft and Meta working together um, and also um, the, the new Meta device supporting um, uh, Office and, and some other things. So um, from the hardware side, it's there. And from the software side too, yeah. I mean, we, um, we are... We work together, we work on different uh, engines, yeah, we work with uh, devices, and I think um, as a software provider, it's, it's really relevant to make sure that you are compatible with these things. And so I see it's, it's much better than, uh, than five or, or seven years ago. Um, but I would also say that there's still some work to be done, yeah, because um, with every new update, you need to make sure that your software stays compatible, and um, it, is, uh, it is effort, and it, it, uh, it's not like it works out of the box always. Two out of three B2B companies surveyed say they're currently educating themselves about the possibilities the metaverse provides. How would you recommend they go about that education? We, we should not forget that it's still a new term. And I think the metaverse is a combination of existing technologies, maybe brought to the next level and um, uh, also connected to existing um, to existing programs and, and databases that companies already have. Um, so we shouldn't think of it as a, as something that is super fancy and, and so far away. I think that there is a, there is a way and a journey to the industrial metaverse. And 
companies have to understand the basic technologies behind it. You have to know what AR can do. You have to know what VR can do. Uh, you need to be familiar with uh, with uh, with other technologies around it. And if you understand each individual technology, you are also able to understand the concept of the metaverse in a very good way. And um, obviously people have to start, uh, go on maybe uh, to fairs, get some first experience with it. Um, but also it's, I think it's difficult to understand the differences because not every metaverse approach is the same. And there is the challenge. Yeah, It's not like there's one definition and that's it. Yeah, And there are many, uh, many different ways of how you can see it and um, that's why it's relevant to definitely talk about it now but use the, the technologies behind the metaverse and understand them in the better in a better way i think this will this will help um, companies a lot in, in being successful with the industrial metaverse the real conversations podcast by nokia building a future that's sustainable productive and inclusive together Discover how by visiting nokia.com slash no boundaries.